0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. When I read the complaint, I was overcome with disappointment, frustration, and shame. No young teenager should have to bear what we did as freshman students. We were conditioned to believe that this behavior was normal, which was sickening and unacceptable. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Those are the words of Lloyd Yates, who at one point was the quarterback at Northwestern University and the first person to come out and identify himself as one of those who's filed a lawsuit against Northwestern University, Uh, just a continuously evolving story involving Northwestern University and the allegations of hazing and abuse and even... Sexual misconduct to a degree, um, uh, against student athletes, which now has crossed at least three different sports at Northwestern. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Um, ever evolving in a way that is, is stunning, but also, Hunter, in a way that is implicating more people and I, and I think is, is giving us, um, more than just, okay, this is a football problem. More than just a, um, this is a coach problem. Th- this is more of an institutional problem that spans a couple of athletic administrations. And that is, um, that's what's jarring about what we're continuing to find out here. Totally. it's
2: It's showing itself to be a system-wide issue here. Um, bigger than just the football team. It's it's expanding now to at least three sports mm-hmm. um, with potentially more, Josh. Um, again, I, I made mention of this last week when we were talking about this. It, it's hard for me to even see how that could be accomplished without some sort of, um, like, coach-to-coach collusion. Mm-hmm. Because for instance, Iran runs basketball completely different than Timmy Chang runs football. Right. Completely different. There are no meetings between the two of them about how to run each team that, that I know of. Okay. But yeah. that that part is just so weird to me that it, it almost, if it really is going down to this measure on these multiple teams, wh- where does that start? And who can be held accountable if it really does get bigger than just you know one team, one coach, one organization? Then, then you're talking about uh, as an institution, and you know the athletic director. The, who are we going to hold responsible for all of this?
1: Yeah one um, one coach was named in the lawsuit that uh, that Lloyd Yates, the aforementioned quarterback, had put out. Let me read you a, a part of this, and this is this goes to maybe a, a different sort of abuse that I kind of wanted to maybe get into, which is a little more, you know, overreaching here. Um, This is in the lawsuit, and I quote, on one Friday during the fall season, Lloyd was working out with strength coach Jay Hooten. Hooten commented that the players were slow and asked Yates if they had been partying the night before. Yates denied that they were. When Hooten continued to press Yates, he admitted that they had not been out Thursday night but referenced a previous occasion on which partying had ensued as proof that if their performance was impacted, it would have been then. Hooten then announced to the players that Yates had ratted them out and assigned additional workout exercises to the group. Oh, boy. And then, in that very next line, after the workout in the locker room, Yates was ran. And ran or the run is um, uh, one of the words that describes one of those hazing or you know, th- those kinds of incidents that yeah. um, football players on that Northwestern team have been subject to. This goes along the lines of something I don't think we've talked about enough is the mental abuse yeah. that these student athletes have gone through. I mean – not, not to minimize the other stuff, the other stuff in fact leads to that mental abuse that scars you. Yeah, I, I you know I, I can't help but feel for a lot of those student athletes from all those different sports who feel scarred and can't get a you know can't get around that.
2: Yeah, and see that's tricky. The minute that a coach almost um, manipulates, manipulates stuff that's going on outside of the confines of team activity to penalize you inside team activity. That's not okay. Yeah. Because your job is to get me right inside of these confines and sure. Like you're hoping for residual effects of character being improved, uh, responsibility, becoming better, you know, young men or young women. um, but when you hold things that happen that have nothing to do with the rest of the team against a student-athlete, it's really unfair because we're, we're dealing with kids here. Yeah, We're dealing with young men and women that uh, their prefrontal cortexes aren't even fully formed yet.
1: And I know there's there are some people who don't like when we use the term kids with student-athletes, but, I mean, we, we have to be honest about it. Some individuals... They're a little more mature than their years, and frankly, some are not. And, uh, and many let are me not. let you
2: in on something: the majority of them are not. There you go. And the majority of them are months removed from, you know, their mom's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, months removed from high school. Um, I had a teammate from Kahuku who still didn't have his driver's license, and it was his junior year of college. Wow. And. It didn't stop him from driving a car because <laughs> oh stuff works different up on the North Shore. Oh boy! But I'm just lead, know, leading you into the fact that we're dealing with kids here. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that's important to keep it all in perspective where we got to keep um, kids protected.
1: It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. I think one of the other areas in which we we talk about the effect – we were having this conversation before the show – is when it impacts – more than just let's say oh it it impacts practice or it impacts your off time um the mental impact of that also i mean let's just narrow it down a little bit more if you're in a situation where you you can't participate in a game or in a practice because of these incidents yeah um you know, these, these run a little bit deeper and sometimes a little direct. And what's amazing in, is in some of those incidents that you can't, for whatever reason, aren't kept track of, mm. which tells me more of a, of a system of, in some instances, insulation. Keeping it in, yeah. not letting it get out, knowing that um, –
2: Don't snitch because then you're against everybody. Kind of like
1: that whole Yates thing, which yeah. wasn't that, but the manipulation.
2: Which – To me, that's the only reason why something like this could continue. Mm -hmm. And then year after year after year, it becomes tradition. Right. Is this kind of trusted what happens within these walls stays within these walls? This is how um, we do things here at Northwestern, blah, 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 blah. And to a certain degree, that is important. Okay, I, I want to separate that from the hazing, okay? Yeah, the, there is certain stuff that happens within the confines of team personnel rooms, the locker room, meeting rooms that cannot leave there. That's part of what being a team is all about. Um, but when you um, when you expedite human rights, when you expedite the dignity, of your players Mm -hmm. that is that is not okay to then pull that card on top of that and say if you tell you're against all of us come on because those actions are not for the betterment of all of us they're actually to our detriment right so I have a hard time when and it happened it happened even at UH when you know Obviously, not nothing like this, but th- there would just be times where, yes, I want to honor our, um, you know, almost the the sanctity of our team, mm-hmm. and not let anybody in on this. But there's some stuff. It's like, oh, come on, that that's got to be checked. Just because you're a coach doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. Right. That
1: part is not okay to me. So here's the volleyball one. Yeah. That came out and and. I want to get to the maybe bigger systematic side that I think we're starting to learn a little bit more about uh, here in the last maybe 24 hours or so. So the volleyball one, there's an allegation, by the way, that there was a a suspension here. Um, here's one. A player was, quote, forced to run suicides in the gymnasium, while diving to the floor each time she reached a line on the court. This is as a result of allegedly violating the team's COVID-19 protocols. Now, alleged, now, this player says that she had said she got COVID-19, had said that she followed the protocols, but came back and was still forced to run them. This individual suffered physical injuries that required medical attention, and that a hazing investigation was launched the day subsequent to the incident. Um, there's there's some other detailed stuff here that I don't really um, need to get into, but they say it was a player-led punishment. It wasn't necessarily a coach-led punishment. Okay. But that also tells you, to me. If you're a coach, do you not see that? Do you not have an idea of what your captains are doing? Yeah. See, that one's a little bit tougher for me
2: to believe, actually. Okay. Um, and even the words injuries um, acquired from uh, that, I mean, what, skinned your knee?
1: I've run suicides. Blisters. Yeah, so have I. I can't imagine diving to the floor after each line. Now, I've run them on the basketball floor. Now,
2: diving to the floor in. Hitting the floor
1: like in a burpee mm-hmm. are two different things. Mm-hmm. So I'm what I'm reading here, outside of other things, sure. uh, bled all over the floor. Okay,
2: that's different. Yeah,
1: I I didn't wanted to leave out those details. Okay, I, but, I know.
2: Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, just just because you know at at, at some point that that's just uh, you know as an athlete, you know you're gonna get nicks, you're gonna get bruises, you're gonna get blisters on your feet, you know, in a yep. new pair of cleats and. Uh, you're not going to hold a coach responsible for that, uh, but this is obviously something completely different here. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, players running punishment like that, coaches need to, in some way, supervise. Can't mm-hmm. always just say, you know, that that's up to the the team and the uh, the captains that we trust. You you got to you got to do a better job of keeping an eye on who those leaders are. Yeah. and if they're capable of handling that responsibility,
1: I think there's one other thing that I, I, I wanted to get into on it, and it's 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 the systematic part, and, and you know, there there's two angles here. One, it's how Northwestern, as a school, is handling it, and and one area in which I, I was really disappointed about, they had the press conference today. Uh, Benjamin Crump, the he's a civil rights attorney. Um, and and one of the players, and around the time that that press conference started, a release was sent out by the Northwestern president. Like at that same time, just about interesting. Either they had no idea, and it was just a coincidence that it came out at that same time, or it was purposely done to be put out at the same time to soften the blow of what was you know going to come out in that press release. But the president. Um, Schill said, and I quote, and this is in part, um, I am committed to supporting our student athletes into rebuilding any damage our athletic program may have experienced. Um, you know, this commitment includes creating processes and safeguards so that what happened in football can never happen again at Northwestern. This, that commitment also includes celebrating, defending, and caring for both students and staff who are unfairly implicated by a broad brush. That last line is what gets me because – and he also referenced broad condemnations of our athletic program and says, while shameful events did take place in the football program, most Northwestern athletes are people of character who do amazing things both on and off the field and in the classroom. So that part I can't help but think
2: about mm-hmm. because Northwestern is like an Ivy League of the Midwest. Right. Um, it's in Evanston, Illinois, which is a extremely affluent mm-hmm. um northwestern's a very well-funded very difficult academic school to get into. Um you're not a dummy if you're playing a sport there. And not all the time, but usually in that sort of environment, people are educated and Care for themselves and care for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, there could be exceptions to that, um, but I am almost inclined, in some aspects, to believe that president a little bit because okay. with all of the, you know, lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, I can't help but wonder, you know, how many of these these uh, former student-athletes did something really terrible actually happen to them, and how many of them are just looking to get paid. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to be that guy, Josh. I really do. No, because, I understand. Because hazing and, uh, you know, the kind of hazing that they're talking about here is not something to, to laugh or joke about. But the number of student-athletes across different sports coming forward, as someone who was in a, a Division
1: One sports program, it's hard for me to believe. My um, my issue with the line is that, you know, the whole broad condemnations of our athletic program and, you know, defending and caring for both students and staff who are unfairly implicated by a broad brush, I don't hear anybody calling the Northwestern Athletic Department or Northwestern Athletics by a broadly degrading name. Like I don't, you know, I may hear, you know, the athletic director maybe should be fired. I may hear the president should be fired. I may hear coach, you know, this coach, that coach, the other coach, the strength coach, maybe they should be fired. But I don't hear anything about the entire Northwestern athletics department is dirty. And usually, when I read something like that, I see a president trying to trying to deflect that mm. you know, woe is us.
2: On the defense?
1: Yes. Mm. Woe is us because all these people are being denigrated. Um, you know, when really it's it's maybe what? Um three sports. We're talking maybe about twenty percent of the athletic department and we're yeah. talking student athletes over the course of you know, however many years. So maybe we're talking about five to ten percent of the student athletes sure. who have gone through the program. So I don't want to hear no garbage about oh uh, they're painting us with a broad brush. Nobody's painting anybody with a broad brush. They may be painting administration in a broad brush, but they're not painting the whole athletic department as unorganized and and awfully run. Would you have rather
2: them come out with a statement like we are gathering further information? We Want Northwestern conti- to continue to be a top-notch academic and athletic institution, something along those lines. Instead of you know the the broad brush line, I'd
1: rather them have not come out with anything at all. With anything, you know, in in that instance, if you have nothing, <laughs> if if you have nothing constructive to say, hmm. don't waste our time. You know, spend that time working a little bit more on an investigation. Spend that time talking to people, spend that time repairing and rebuilding, not trying to find a way to work with your PR department to come up with nice words. Because mm. that's all that is. It's a president trying to look like he's doing something but wasting our time with words. Uh, more on this coming up. You can text us at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. And you can uh, – well, um, it's not called tweet anymore. You can zet us. <laughs> God, that's lame. Uh, yeah. At Josh on the radio. Uh, that's at what qu- they're calling it. Yeah, because Twitter's no longer Twitter. ZEET? I'm. am sorry. It's. It's Twitter's now X. I know X. So it's X E E T. <laughs> no truer words have been spoken. Uh, Golly. yeah. Uh, more coming up. It's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Zet. I'm sorry, I just can't I can't get away from what we wrapped the last segment on. X-E-E-T. You know what it rhymes with? Yeet. Or, Which is just as bad. Yeah. Yeet. Or or beat which is just as tasty. It is off the bench. Or feet. (laughs) Which is just as tasty. Yeah, Uh, It is off the bench. Yikes! Uh, Here on ESPN, Honolulu, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Coming up, uh, Hawaii baseball's new pitching coach, Keith Zuniga, is going to join us at the top of the next hour. I need to erase that from my mind for a moment. And uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour, there is... I don't know if this is political. I don't I, I don't know what this is, but there is this mini controversy over USA women's soccer hmm. that uh, that I think we need to address, and we got a text about it a little while ago, so we'll we'll address it coming up here in a bit. Um, finish up on this northwestern and hazing and 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 abuse and and all that stuff. i I don't want to sound naive i don't i don't want to i don't want to ask this in kind of an, an an odd way but i think it is worth asking uh for those that haven't been in a, a college locker room yeah um is there like acceptable hazing or or hazing that is not abusive or manipulative or any is, is there a, such a thing as positive or okay hazing
2: so this is an interesting question. I believe that there is. Mm-hmm. Now, the other question here is what is deemed as quote unquote hazing. Yeah. Because if I were to show you guys here at the studio just some stuff that was like a normal day in the locker room, you'd be like, Oh, I'm not okay with that. But then like some other guys, you know, even on our team would be like, Oh yeah, no big deal. I'll give you an example, okay? Um, say We've got these rolling foam foam rolling um, pads that you you roll out your legs and stuff with. They're all over the locker room, and we would smack each other with them. Now it, it's just fun. Yeah. But if you know you smack a guy and it hits him in the ear, and the ear starts ringing, and he's complaining about it, everybody's like, "Ah, come on, quit, quit being soft." Right. But then later on, you find out that like he's got a popped eardrum, mm. and he misses games. Now that's a different situation. Yeah, you you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to the coaches, the the guys are just being idiots <laughs> right. in the locker room, right? And they didn't mean to pop his eardrum, but it does. You know that it, it's a chance
1: it, that that happens. Now a, you've affected something. That's bigger.
2: exactly right. It's a moving line. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm kind of. That's my point to that yeah. question is it's a moving line.
1: See, I, and, and it's kind of a, a learning thing for me too, mm-hmm. not having that experience um, to kind of understand. Because I, I think you make a good point is it's it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. There you go. That's the line, right? Yep. Um, but at the same time, You have to question when someone gets hurt. You go back to that initial sentence, and you wonder, should it really have been fun in games in the first place? If you think about the consequences, potentially, of what what can happen.
2: Rolo had one of the best lines. I'll never forget it. It's okay to do something stupid. It's not okay to do something and
1: get caught. Yeah. There you go. Makes sense. Uh, Coming up. I think there are people that want to start another controversy over U.S. women's soccer. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll get to our Zephyr Insurance text line coming up. Join Cole Malsoff on our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com with the latest episode of Athletes. He sits down with UH quarterback Braden Shager with some grinds from Ruby Tuesday. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Sports Center, U.S. women's soccer. On the other side, it's ESPN Honolulu. Come off the bench Starting off your week uh, We got a little bit of um, Programming adjustments this week We got Yankees-Mets The uh, Subway Series this week So um, Battle here. of two poor teams
2: Sorry, not economic poor, just poor performing teams.
1: Yeah. So uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, we'll be on after Yankees and Mets right around uh, 4 o'clock. I think it's rivalry week, it seems, in yeah. Major League Baseball. Because you got Yankees, Mets. You've also got A's, Giants, which is happening at the same time. let should see if the Cubs are playing the Cardinals. No one cares. It's true. <laughs> the, Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals are so bad.
2: Both of those teams stink. Oh, you missed it.
1: How bad are they? Hey. Thank you. Thank you. We, we finally got there. There we go. Um, no, multitasking you're, over you're, here. Your Cubs aren't terrible. I mean. They're you, also you, not great. But you can't be the Cardinals. I mean, that's that's bad, bad. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, well, Cubs and White Sox. There we go. I mean. Across town. Right now, that's a lot better. North side. I mean, those are are all. Well, you got that. You got uh, Marlins, Rays. Uh, you know, what they should have done, they should have gotten uh, Dodgers Angels, but they couldn't do that. Because, you know, Major League Baseball can't be perfect. That's right. <laughs> there's there's news, by the way, on uh, Shohei Otani we'll get to a little bit later on. Apparently there are some teams that are throwing out feelers on Otani. sliding in the DMs. Yeah, two teams that maybe you really didn't give much of a thought to that maybe we should consider. Mm. Uh, going down the stretch. That's coming up in a little bit. We were on the air on uh, Friday when Team USA Women's Soccer beat Vietnam 3-0. Big match on Wednesday when they take on, this is going to be a great match, USA and the Netherlands. Mm. Um, that's going to be yep. good, good. That might be one of Team USA's biggest challengers.
2: Playing big orange, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Netherlands, not bad. Oh, they're um, They're good. Germany's good. Germany put up six goals in their game yeah or their match sorry
1: they were just throwing um they had uh, Brazil and and Panama uh, mm. just a moment ago they were showing their the replay of that Brazil uh good very yep. good um there has been what seems like a little bit of a controversy over team USA women's soccer and I and I say this because it feels like this is a controversy that is only geared to them. This team, you may recall, was it 4 years ago? I don't I don't remember how many years ago it was. But when you had some players who, you know, didn't stand for the national anthem, you may recall, yep. right? Um that there was a big controversy over that. You had some of these players speak out over some of the issues that they felt within the country, and you had a lot of people getting on them for that. Now, it's that some of them didn't sing. During the
2: national anthem? Yes. Oh, my gosh.
1: I've been seeing this. uh, It it has been talked about here and there, and and let me read you this text from our Zephyr Insurance text line at the 291, or at 808-296-1420, from the 291. Before the match, most of the female U.S. soccer team refused to sing the national anthem of the nation they are citizens of and which they represent has triggered support and controversy. More than half of the 11 players on the field did not sing along. Only five of the players stood with their hands over their hearts. Three of them appeared to sing along. You might not think much of that, but most soccer players typically are seen singing the words of their country's anthem at least before prominent World Cup matches. Um, This later says... Why do sports have to become controversial and political? It's so sad to see how much our country has decayed and fallen. It's interesting I've got because a lot to say off that I, I last bit. I, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I do too. <laughs> to ask that question, why have they become so controversial and political? Let me just flip that around on whoever's saying that. Aren't you the one making it controversial and political? Like, you and I go to games often, yep. um, you know. You tell me that when the PA announcer says, please rise, this is how I say it, please rise uh, if you're able and remove your caps for the singing or the playing of our nation's anthem in Hawaii Pono'i. You try to tell me that every single person in the arena Every single person in the stadium, every single person in the ballpark is singing along to the national anthem in Hawaii, Pono'i. No. And do you
2: criticize? And some of them, are. it's not even in protest. No. What about the guy in the
1: bathroom who has indigestion? Well, I haven't thought about that guy yet. But he's in the stadium. <laughs> so, so if he's not singing along on the john while this is taking yeah. place... So it's degrading our nation. Oh, gosh. Um, I was not expecting that to go there. (laughs) So are you going to tell me that average Joe construction worker who gets up is a problem or is wrong because he got up, he stood, he took off his cap, put it down, but because he didn't sing – the National Anthem, or put his hand over his heart yeah. that he is making a political statement and is being controversial.
2: This is where I'm going to jump in. Please. Okay? You know who also didn't sing during the National Anthem? Who? Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. Okay? If you go back and watch that National Anthem by, uh, by Chris Stapleton, this last Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which was awesome. It was epic. They flash over to Nick Sirianni. He's not singing either, and yet tears are streaming down his face. Mm-hmm. Just because someone's not singing doesn't mean that they're not thankful that they live in the United States. Right. doesn't mean that they aren't having a potentially life-altering emotional experience wearing their country's colors. And
1: he's not the only one.
2: <sighs> the- I okay. We get a lot of texts, Josh. <laughs> this is like borderline one of the. I I just gotta say it. One of the dumbest ones I've ever been around for.
1: I I and, and to give the texter credit, I don't know if the texter wrote it or if they copied and pasted it from where they saw okay. it. I don't I don't know. Whoever so gonna...
2: whoever's critiquing this, th- this one is just flat out dumb. Uh huh. They are representing our country. Yeah. They aren't boycotting the game. Right. Their job is to go out and play soccer. They're not robots. You have no idea what's going on in their mind at that time. They could be incredibly grateful. They could be incredibly supportive of the current uh, pr- uh, presidential um, campaign that's in the office right now. Mm-hmm. They, they, they could be against it. Who, who knows? To equate yeah. their actions during the national anthem to the, the, the um, degration of our country, that's unfair.
1: It is. Um it, it's unfortunate that this team – there are there are certain people, and I don't – again, I don't want to make this political, but there are certain people who who view this team not as successful, because they are. They're going after a third World Cup. Yep. Um, Dominant. But they view them as targets. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they
2: represent more than – than right. just playing soccer,
1: right? And and the thing is, it's not every single individual. Some of them, yes, are outspoken, and you know what? Yep. I don't have a problem with it. Um, they have a right to voice their opinions, whether they, you know, whatever those opinions are. Yep. They've been given that right to do that, and I have no problem with it. Um, but I, you know, I see this and whole their talent b-
2: allows them the, a, platform. a platform. That's right. And the minute that that talent goes away, hey, the platform goes away too.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: we've seen that happen
1: with many others. Right. What What I think is also just in, incredibly unfair to these athletes is that they are targets, but yet we forget how often have they been minimized or, you know, not been been given their worth. I mean, we think of the pay gap between men's soccer and women's soccer for a long time, yep. despite um, accolades, which men's soccer was horrible yep. for, for many years, not making World Cups. Um, and yet, this is, that's the focus? Like, you know, don't let, if you disagree with things that megan rapino has said yep and i can't name many more who have really spoken out on stuff some of them i think are no longer with the team yep if you have an issue with her words or her actions fine um you are entitled to that opinion of not agreeing to someone else's you know opinion that's fine Don't take it out on the rest of the team. Don't take it out on the entirety of Team USA because you don't like the opinion of one person. And if she's not singing and five others aren't singing, then the entire team is unpatriotic. That's painting with the broad brush, don't you think? Mm. Um, This is... This is what you – know, sports are supposed to be a time where we kind of rally around people, yeah. rally around um, playing for the flag, playing for the country, and it seems like these individuals have done that. There yeah. hasn't been as much of the you know, statements and stuff like that, but yet it seems like everybody outside of that wants to find a way to, to, yep.
2: to pierce it in somehow. The wor- You said something – you said done that okay, Mm -hmm. this crew, this team, has been there, done that. Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you, but in the early stages of the World Cup,
1: um, I see you guys on the phones, by the way. We'll get to you here at 808-296-1420. Not not trying to
2: throw any, um, you know, I'm not saying that it's not special, because it is. It is. But... If you've been to the NBA Finals as many times as LeBron is, it's not as special to him as it would be uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the reason Vietnam is up there singing their hearts out is because it's the first time they've gotten there. Yeah. I, I, I just – that has to be said yeah. um, because this USA team is the best in the world, and it's their job to be in this spot. Where the novelty of it isn't quite as spectacular because they've just been there so many times yep. I, I think that's important to note as well.
1: yeah, I think that's fair. uh Paul, thank you for calling in. How are you?
3: Um, aloha gentlemen, how are you
1: good Paul good i
3: don't I think you guys are on the wrong side of all of this. okay, see what what they need what the women's soccer team need to do because of their history. Of doing stuff like that, they took the me. Remember, the last time they had this event.
1: Okay, uh, that was several years ago. Do, yeah,
3: but they have to do better. They, they have this stigma. Right, they know the rest of America is looking at them. They simply have to do better. What does do better look mean, better, Paul? Look like, better. you know, they have to get out of that stigma that they created for themselves. Look. If a pass doesn't like um, the pay, she needs to bring that up with uh, the association. And they do not hate them, not hate America for it.
1: No, I,
2: I you think know don't know I, if they're hating America.
1: No, they're not. Ha- no. no,
2: they
3: look like they're hating America. They like do it or not like it or not, gentlemen, they do. And the both of you, you're just two guys saying this. The rest of America looks at this thing. Look, that, that's, look that's at these Steve uncre- Paul. Who is the you're going to say three hundred
2: million people? all agree with you.
3: Look, look on the internet. Look, oh, look. stop it! Uh, you're you're not going to win this no, one, Paul. No. no, I'm winning this one because <laughs> they have to do better. Okay, they, you know, they, they, they have to look better. The rest of the teams they're singing their national anthem. What? what is, and you're going people are going to compare it the The rest of the world uh, is going to compare. Who's them. comparing they, it? Uh, look on the internet. You, I have you know, looked on the internet, look, Paul. I practically live on the internet. So I have no lost, life, Paul. When they when they lost to Canada, you saw it, Josh. Twitter. Everybody was saying, "I can't believe it." I'm an American who 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 like look seen the U.S. women's soccer team lose to Canada. There were a lot of those tweets. There were a lot of that on. Uh, online that's different they they just have to do better they're they're not looking good josh and if they lose (laughs) tomorrow you're gonna have you're gonna see the same thing yeah good they lost it yeah yeah Uh, Paul, you you guys are uh, kidding yourself paul
1: paul uh, thank you for the call paul Uh, i don't know what marvel universe and what multiverse you live in um but I, i don't know how much more wrong you can be here um I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who would be like, "Oh, they lost to the Netherlands. Good for them because they have such and such stance on whatever it is that they have a stance on." That's pretty steep. That's and show
2: me the contract that they all signed on the dotted line that says you must sing for the national anthem. That doesn't sound "Land of the Free." No. Home of the brave. No. We're not living in a communist nation. No. So because of that, they reserve the right whether some would say it's correct or not correct And again like you're coming from a limited side here the right. people that are critiquing this you have no idea just because Megan Rapino's opinion on stuff that doesn't represent the whole team right on multiple things right so it's unfair. To label the entire team for for something. And a lot of these girls, it's the first time they're on this team. Yes. So it, th- th- that's th-
1: th- all of this. That that, that, that that All of these are weak arguments. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, and, and, and Janice, stay there. We're going to get to you after the break. By the way, for anybody who goes, oh, it's on the internet. Look, people. Um, When you're on X, because I can't call it Twitter anymore, or if you're on Instagram, you know who you're reading? You're reading the people who you are following. You are choosing the people that you get your posts from. So you are choosing to get a certain side of the argument that you want to read on your timeline more than anything else. So if you want to say, oh, the internet said so, that's what the people you want to read said so that does not represent um you know people who live and breathe and maybe aren't on x uh janice stay right there we'll get to you in a moment don't forget the craig angela show is coming to espn honolulu and that is next tuesday it's at velocity in honolulu make sure you check it out it's brought to you by the jn group and uh, h camp the hawaii concussion awareness management program off the bench espn honolulu Uh Keith Zuniga, who's Hawaii's uh new pitching coach for the Rainbow Warrior baseball team is gonna join us coming up in about uh ten minutes. Uh Janice, I appreciate your patience. Thank you for hanging on. How are you? Good. What's up?
4: Um I guess I have to disagree with that guy. Um, yes. <laughs> when you when you have had three people in your family for sort of more than twenty years each in the military, you've heard a lot of national anthems. Um uh, when you've worked with sports teams, which I have, uh, everybody on the team doesn't sing. They do well to stand at attention most of the time. It doesn't mean that they are not pleased to be on the team. They are not pleased to represent right. their school, their state, their nation. It's just they don't care to sing the national anthem. I mean, I I've sat in... Um, the stand and uh, watched people sometimes and in Aloha Stadium and watched people. Now, I'm not from Hawaii. I've lived here 15 years. But i watched a whole lot of people in the stadium not sing, not take their hats off, barely stand up. And then I always watch to see what they do with Hawaii Panoi. They will do the exact opposite. So it's not that you don't like the team. It's not that you don't like America. It's just a personal choice not to sing. And I do not think they're being judged against anybody else. Like you said, the Vietnam team has never been there. And they are so excited. They would probably stand on their head if they were asked. So, um, yes, individuals may be they may be judged. I mean, Megan is Megan. That's just who she is. And we've known that for years. There were others on the team before who were the same way. It's just who they are. You have to accept them. They are going to play and play hard for the team. You, know, you, can't, you can't judge them on everything.
1: Hey, uh, Janice, uh, for your family members, thank them for their service, yeah, and thank uh, you. I, I appreciate you calling in, all right? Okay. Thank you to Janice. Uh, I want to get to a couple texts here. Um, Brian, I think Paul needs to do better. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, B, or this is – oh, Ben. Hey, Ben. Paul is an idiot. <laughs> I hold my beer during the anthem. I even sip it. I'm about to toss it in Paul's face. That's from Ben. I'm not gonna go that far, Paul. We love you. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't condone. <laughs> but, I don't condone tossing beer in anybody's faces. Yeah, no. I condone if you are of legal drinking age and doing so responsibly, not wasting it and just drinking it. Um, texture from the seven eight one. I'm, I'm sure this is. Uh, um, this is probably sarcastic. Um, the Star Spangled Banner describes a War of 1812 battle probably geared to men instead of women. I think it's pretty much on the sarcastic end, I'm sure. Uh, one more texter from the 330 Great Call by Janice. Yeah. <sighs> I... Now, okay. I, go for it.
2: I uh, was on the call with Mark Veneri last year for a high school game. Uh-huh. Okay, It was up at uh, Kamehameha, yeah. up on the hill. And this was one of the first publicly attended games on the hill since COVID. It was like a, it was a big deal. And when they had everyone sing Hawaii Pono'i, okay, the fans got it wrong. It had been so long since they had sung Hawaii oh, Pono'i right. that they got it incorrect. Now, I think this is a perfect segue. Okay, just because they got the song incorrect does not mean that they don't agree right. with what Hawaii Pono'i stands for or what it means to the state of Hawaii. We're, we're talking about Kamehameha it here. It just
1: means they got it wrong.
2: That's right. It means that they're people.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, in the same aspect— Wasn't that the one where they stopped it? Like They did. The, the guy from the field— and Again, this is the first time I've ever been up there. Right. Made them all stop. Yeah. He said, all right, all right, enough, 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 and cut them off halfway through— and I looked over at Mark, and he had his, he had his hand on his mouth because oh, he'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, I bring this up because you, it's very. I have a hard time judging someone's heart based off of not doing something that you want them to do. Yeah.
1: Uh, Keith Suniga is going to join us after Sports in traffic. Off the bench, starting off your work week, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Our Zephyr Insurance text line has been rolling. Uh, we'll get back there coming up in just a little while. Meantime, all of our guests, when they appear, they do so. Uh, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline, uh, Keith Suniga is uh, Hawaii's new pitching coach uh, for University of Hawaii Baseball. He joins us now. On the program Uh, coach first off congratulations welcome to the uh, University of Hawaii baseball family what's it been like uh, since you've been on board so far
5: Josh thank you guys for having me man Um, it's been awesome you know just been having conversations with coach Hill and and the staff in regards in regards to recruits and you know what we're going to you know be looking at you know from for the next two three years so Really just uh, getting, the low, getting to know a lot of, you know, the guys that we have on the current staff, uh, the pitching staff right now, getting to know some of the recruits and just trying to put a game plan together, you know, to also move my family out to the island and get to work. But we're excited.
1: That's one of the toughest parts, right? I mean, um, especially in, in baseball where I know um... – you know, not every coach, you know, some coaches have the volunteer position, some don't. The timetable can be kind of quick because baseball really is a year-round thing with pitchers and summer ball. That um, that transition is not easy, and then Hawaii makes it a little tougher, doesn't it?
5: Well, we're, we're, we're finding that out, you know, every single day, but at, up to this point, it's been extremely smooth. Uh, my wife has been dealing with a lot of the, you know, the day-to-day stuff from the move. So she's a rock star and and uh, awesome to obviously have her in my corner, man. But Coach Hill and everybody's been awesome in regards to this transition and everybody in the administration and, and HR. And, you know, up to this point, man, it, it's been a smooth transition. And, and uh, you know, we're just, again, we're just excited to be a part of the family and, and get to work.
1: You know what I've – kind of appreciated it as I've kind of gone through your hire is your wealth of experience. And I know sometimes baseball coaches are, are sometimes can be do-it-all kind of coaches, but your, your wealth of experience, much of that as a pitching coach, you were an interim head coach there at New Mexico State for a little while. You've got the recruiting experience. Uh, you've been a director of baseball operations. Um, how do you feel all of those things – as part of your resume, really does help you out here.
5: Well, really, I, I think your job as an as an assistant is to make you know the head coach's job easier. As cliche as that sounds, um, it's something I take pride in. And uh, having spent the last three to four months as the interim head coach at New Mexico State, you know, really, really showed me, you know, what what all it takes to really be in that seat, you know, and how much help you really do need from your staff and directors of operations i mean really it it takes everybody you know so the biggest thing for me is uh, i think coming up as a director of operations as an assistant coach as a pitching coach as a recruiting guy it, is to overall just help our staff with whatever it needs you know i know these guys have done an awesome job uh these past two years and i'm just excited to be a part of that and uh, just help us get to where we're trying to go and obviously that's to get into a regional and, and win a regional and get into a supers. And you know, you're two wins away from making it to Omaha. So I'm excited.
1: Keith Zuniga is joining us. Hawaii baseball, uh, pitching coach joining us, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline coach. uh
2: it's uh, it's no surprise that one of the most important positions at University of Hawaii baseball has been our pitching staff, and more than any other position, that's usually where our draft picks come from. You know, have you given any thought into continuing that legacy and kind of being a part of that heading
5: into the future? Well, that's something I, I take a lot of pride in, right, and and trying to produce big leaguers right mm. and and that, that is our goal so you know what i want our pitchers to know is you know we're coming to work every single day and we are going to be the best part of this team right so mm. if our pitchers have that kind of mentality and i'm sure on the offensive side they're preaching the same thing i want our dudes to be the best dudes on the field and when you look at you know the guys who make it to regionals and super regionals and into omaha they're always deep on the mound. You know, and I think these guys have done a, uh, you know, fabulous job with this pitching staff the last two years and a lot of credit, you know, to Coach Troop and obviously happy for him and, and the opportunity, you know, that he's embarking on here pretty soon. But they've done an awesome job. So the biggest thing for me is to get there and continue to work on, you know, everything that's been established up to this point. But, I mean, it's really pitching and defense and moving guys. I mean, nothing's more, you know, gratifying than than watching a guy you know achieve he's coming to college because he wants to play professional baseball right and he knows that's an avenue so watching those guys achieve those dreams you know there's really no greater feeling
1: well, you know a little bit about that you had a couple of guys uh, Ian Mejia for example um, you know, mm-hmm. being drafted in the 2022 draft you've had some others sign professional contracts and you know you know a little bit about it um, because you were drafted back in the uh, the 2014 draft by the uh, Miami Marlins how much of that sure. experience do you um, you know, you impart on the players. You know, you get to work with. I mean, yeah, you went you went back to school for for your senior year, but you know, in in learning on what that's like and making those decisions. Um, you know, how how have you imparted that on the players you've worked with?
5: Well, it's kind of I kind of have a unique perspective on it, it in my opinion, because you know I decided to stay in school. You know, but what the guys can learn from me is what it's going to take every single day to make that dream come true. Right. And it's as simple as dominating your routine, dominating your catch play, you know, going about your work, the way it's supposed to be done every single day. You know, it, it's a net. That's what this job, that's what this, you know, profession, that's what pitching entails. You got to be an everyday dude, you know, and that's what baseball is all about. Really. You know, the minute you take your foot off the pedal, this game's going to find a way to humble you, you know. So I guess what I would bring is, is you know, just the kind of work ethic and the mentality that it's going to, you know, take for these dudes to achieve, to achieve those dreams. But at the same time, you know, for me, you know, when I was drafted in the 35th round, I had the opportunity. I just competed in a regional uh, with Bethune-Cookman, um, won a conference championship, and that was an awesome experience. I think it was like the first one in, in school history. Um, but, you know, for me, it was a unique experience and sense of, you know, I had the opportunity to return to school and try to increase my draft stock, if that makes sense and, and, you know, put together another solid year and try to potentially make another, uh, conference championship run and make it to a regional. And, you know, for me, it, the what I was, what I was potentially going to receive in the 35th round, um, wasn't worth foregoing, you know, another year with my teammates and with with my brothers. And when you're involved in college baseball, yep. there's really no great no greater feeling than that camaraderie, the locker room. I mean, the the relationships that are established, the memories that are made. You know, really, when you're sitting around the bonfire, twenty and thirty years, you're not even talking about that regional. You're talking about you know the bus ride or crazy thing that happened in a hotel room or something like that. You know, the good memories. That you made with the boys. So I'm also going to bring that, you know, these are the best days of their lives, you know, so they need to work, you know, because these days come and go quickly and uh, they need to enjoy the moment for sure.
4: You
1: know, I'm also reminded, and, and Keith Zuniga, Hawaii's new pitching coach, joins us uh, here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. You got into the administrative side of baseball, what a year after your senior season, first as a a director of operations. And ultimately you'd have some, some coaching roles just a couple of years after that. I mean, you didn't wait long um, from going on the, from, from being on the field to being in the, uh, the coaches offices. Uh, What made you decide that, you know, whether it was uh, as a Dobo or as an assistant, what made you decide that that life was for you?
5: You know, so the crazy thing was, I spent my entire life growing up and going to college and studying, thinking, you know, I was a criminal justice major. And then I ended up getting a master's in criminal justice administration. So all my life, I thought I was going to do something in law enforcement. That's what my father does. That's what my grandfather did. That's what my dad's brothers do. So I got a number of uncles in law enforcement. So that's really what I thought I was going to be doing. But Jason Beverlin, who was the head coach at Bethune-Cookman at the time, uh, who gave me the opportunity, you know, to pitch for him in Daytona Beach and, and actually got my coaching career going. Uh, he offered me an opportunity to, to pursue a master's degree, and it just happened to be, you know, a director of baseball operations uh, position. So, I mean, really, we had a pitching coach in Jason Bell, we had a head coach in Jason Beverlin, who was a pitching mind as well and a director of operations um, a guy who also brought a pitching background. So, I mean, that kind of just shows you how important pitching really is. We had three dudes on one staff doing that. Um, and one thing led to another that after a year, Coach Beverlyn uh, ended up pursuing, you know, another opportunity that was best for him and his family which ultimately, you know, the rest of the coaching staff kind of elevated everybody else up, you know, a spot. And um, and I fell in love with it, man. I found myself doing my, <laughs> writing my master's papers and my thesis, wondering, you know, why I was even doing that because I fell in love with coaching and developing players and helping these guys on the field. And the biggest thing I learned right away is um, not everybody is you. You know, so when you get into coaching and you're a young coach and and you want guys to do things a certain way, you find out that there's a number of different ways to get a job done. There's a number of different ways to communicate with your players and and finding you know finding ways to reach that common goal. And I really fell in love with that process. And uh, <laughs> six seven years
2: later, here we are. Instead of enforcing the law, you're enforcing the strike zone now. <laughs> hey.
5: I'd rather be dodging baseballs than other things. Amen, so, brother. So, you know, fell in love with it and uh, truly honored and blessed with the opportunity. Uh,
1: lastly, Coach, you walk into a situation uh, where starting, you know, Hawaii's Friday night guy um, gets drafted, now is you know, signed his contract with the San Diego Padres. So you mm-hmm. come into a situation where you've got, you've got a battle for that, you know, that Friday night, that number one slot. I'm sure as challenging as that's going to be, that's also kind of the fun coming in for you and, and watching that play out, isn't it
5: competition, baby? That's what it's all about. And, uh, I think our guys know that coming in, you know, just in the conversations that I've had with them, obviously congratulations to Harry, a uh, very cool opportunity for him and his family, obviously. And, you know, very happy with what he was able to accomplish, you know, for the university of Hawaii. Um, uh, But, yes, it's competition, you know, and the biggest thing I've told the guys uh, that I'm getting to know is, you know, hey, it's a fresh start for me. It's a fresh start for you, really, because I haven't been here the last two years. So the relationship we're going to build and the opinions I'm going to form is going to be, you know, from here on out. I'm not going to go back and look at what happened a year ago, two years ago. You know, you want to come be a Friday guy? Come get some, man. Come compete. And I think that's ultimately going to make uh, everybody better, you know. But I really like, you know, some of the returners that we have. Obviously, Randy um, Abshear, you know, Ty Atkins, Harrison Bodendorf, who had a phenomenal year in being a freshman All-American, Tyler Dieball, Alex Giroux, you know, Connor Harrison. And then, obviously, a lot of the newcomers that are coming in as well, they're going to be some exciting pieces, too, some guys that turned down the draft. Turned down a lot of money to come pitch for Hawaii. So, really, it's going to be a fall of competition, and I'm excited for it.
1: I love that. You want to be a Friday guy? Come get some. Yes. 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 Keith Suniga, Hawaii's new pitching coach. We all
5: want to be a Friday guy, right? That's
1: right. That's right. Uh, I look forward to meeting you at some point, and uh, welcome, uh,
5: welcome to the staff. We'll be talking again soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Truly an honor, and can't wait to get out there and see you guys. Awesome. Thanks,
1: coach appreciate it. Keatsuniga Hawaii's uh, pitching coach joining us here courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline here on ESPN Honolulu visit alohakia.com at alohakia uh you know a guy I love I, I like that energy that's one thing Hawaii has had I think in um you know in it's in its pitching coaches under Rich Hill who's going into his third year Matthew Troop love the guy uh, I know he's going to do really well at Loyola Marymount Young guy with a great resume that brought great energy. Yep. Um, You know, unfortunately, you know, Hawaii couldn't hold on to him. Um, You know, he's got family in California, wanted to start a family, and it's hard to do that when you have no family here. Yep. And, um, you know, Trooper's a great guy, and uh, I know he's going to have success up there. But you go from that to— Another young guy, you know, who still is what, um, do the math here, what, eight, nine years removed from his senior year in college, who's already accomplished so much, including being an interim head coach last year at New Mexico State, that can bring that fun energy and passion and fire to the job. Um, I love it. Uh, I, I I love the hire night and, and I can't wait to see what he can do with his pitching staff
2: absolutely yeah he uh, it seems like he's at least from an energy level right up there with uh with coach Hill so yeah I, I think it's just a matter of time before some of uh, those wins and recruiting make their way over to baseball and we start to build uh, something exciting over there
1: our, our show's motto from here on out you want to be a Friday night guy Come, Come get, get some. some. Yes. Uh let's clip that later. I think we might need to use that for Come uh, get some. Uh next next time next time someone calls in. Come get some. If you get you you got like Paul. Uh <laughs> you, you, come get some. Uh speaking of texts, uh we've got them. That's coming up after traffic. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Zephyr Insurance text line's been, uh, well, it's not ringing because we have it on silent. If it were ringing, um, we'd have lots of interruptions over the course of the show. Um, but we'll get to our, our, our Zephyr Insurance text line, which is on vibrate. Get your mind out of there. Neil, thank you for calling in at 808 296
0: 1420. Hi, Neil. Hey, what's up, boys? So, for a couple of things. First off, um, uh... Super, super glad to hear Bobby on the radio this morning. Yep, that's you right. Know. The man is a is a, is a trooper. Yeah. In the truest sense of the word, man. Um, and then the other thing, uh, more germane to your show, uh, hearing the words, come get some, from Josh Pacheco's mouth <laughs> is uh, is terrifying. Oh,
1: so, no. <laughs> um, Why is it so
0: terrifying, Neil? Uh, you, you know... You have a, a, a very, um, you have a voice for radio. I have a
1: face um, for one, too, believe it or not. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I don't know, bro. I never I never met you, so I, I can't speak to that. But, um, yeah, it just sounds kind of uh, a little bit uh, risky, I think, is the word that I'm going to
1: use. Man, but, if uh, that's risque, then I have been really, really conservative in my, uh, what is it now, 18 years in radio. Gosh, I need yeah.
0: to I need to live a little bit more apparently. I guess so, but you know, but to be but but more you know, more to like what I'm hearing out of the 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 baseball side of things, man, I mean I have to say like what a time it is to be alive and be a fan of UH sports. You know what I mean? Like there's so much enthusiasm around UH sports. And I and I and I have to say like I think there's been a time, there have been times where it's not been that way, you know, like we're going to the season and it just is like, we take a deep breath and we that out of and here we go again. And I don't, I don't know, maybe this year is different. Maybe it's because things are fully more, more or less back to normal, back to, you know, crowds and people and events and things like that. And I think we've been starved for that as a, as a, a fan base. You know, and so I think that's why I think there's a there's a a, a healthy buzz. I think is the word I want to use to around uh, the University of Hawaii and, and around UH Manoa. So, you know, best of luck to everybody. I mean, you know, I feel like I don't know. I feel like this is the year, man. Could be,
1: uh, and Neil. Uh, good to hear from you. Thank you for dialing Thanks, in. Neil. Oh, by the way, Neil, come get some. Nice. I, 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 I have to get it ingrained in his head now uh, <laughs> so it's not as risque anymore. Um, no, I, I think there – Neil makes a good point, um, and I my theory is, I think, two things. One, I think there is – there is the want – to I think there's new life. Obviously, there's, there's a new athletic director, and after – Everything that took place leading up to the hire, um, the scrutiny, what I believe was some individuals not giving the hire a chance to succeed, hmm. and we don't know if Craig Angelus is going to succeed. He's only been on the job a month and a half, um, you know, so it's very early to judge. But I think after that hire, after all of the the talking was done, yep, people put that aside and now they have kind of rallied around him yep. to want him to have the chance to succeed to know that in order for him to succeed we can't really put ourselves against him um we got to find our our way to to be behind him and yep. and work with him got to give him a shot and i think the other thing is he talks about you know neil talks about success Women's basketball NCAA tournament. Baseball got so close to a regional. Just don't lose to UC Riverside and CSU Bakersfield. Um, Football's being led by the right people. Yep. Um, You have many sports that are being led by the right people. And, you know, in in some of those sports, yeah, you'd like to see a little more success. But sometimes it makes a difference to have the right people behind you trying to, to, you know, get the communities to support them. Yep. So I, I think in, in some of those areas, there are a lot of things trending right with the ability for more to come. And I think that's the fun part that you know, you'd, you'd love to see. Uh, Sports Center traffic right now. It's off the bench. Come get some. I love it. That came from one of our texters from the five one three. That's not a bad home run
2: call either. Um, the ball goes over the fence. Come get some. Uh,
1: I don't. I think I'd have to pass on that.
2: It'd probably be more of a me thing than a you thing. I think so. Yep. <laughs>
1: Texter says no, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Shut up, Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think that's. Uh... <laughs> That's uh, your good friend Solomon. Okay. Uh, by the way, so so the texter sends that with the uh, the gif. Oh, it is Solomon. Yep. Oh, okay. I knew it probably was. Um with the uh, <laughs> the the Brock Lesnar gif. That doesn't even say come get some. It says come and get it.
2: Come and get it.
1: Which by the way, Fear Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah. Um could rip you in half. Yeah. Um the only reason I would ever use come and get some come get some in a broadcast, is, well, there's two. A, if I'm referencing Keith Zuniga in a broadcast, um, referencing the interview, or B, if we got benches clearing. And even at that, benches clearing in a college game may not be the most suitable time mm. or suitable place. For, what about, like,
4: a goal
2: line stand? Oh, in football? Yeah. I'm just thinking of situations where it could be used. That's not a bad one because defense makes a goal line stand on like fourth and one. Uh Uh-huh. Come and get some. And we we stuffed them. That's not bad.
4: Hmm.
1: Okay. You know where it actually applies? I think even better. Hmm. Slam ball.
2: Okay.
1: No, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So for for anybody who watched Slam Ball return this weekend in Vegas, um, and didn't get nauseous watching. Uh, True. Well, oh. <laughs> my watch asks about Slam Ball. Yeah. Um. There is so they when there is a foul that's called, they have something called um. It's a face off. That's right. It's not, it's not a free throw, and the face off is one. Yeah, one player who drives to the rim from half court and one defender who comes from the side and basically is trying to block the guy's From beyond the three-point line and they meet at the rim. That is the definition of
2: come Come get get some. some.
1: Yeah. Now, I didn't go. I I planned on going. I thought about it. Look, first off, they raised ticket prices. Okay, what are we talking? Five bucks more. But I know From he, what? Five bucks to ten? No, from like twenty five to thirty. And I you thought You gotta go! And I thought thirty is overpriced for this. But we talked about this on <laughs> No. We talked about this on Friday's show. Okay. The product, I mean, there's the novelty of like, okay, cool. You know, slam balls back and watching it on TV. And I, I think I said it. The the product wasn't great. You know, outside of Cool, there's a there's a dunk, somebody got posterized off the trampoline. Um there were a lot of things that like left were, were left to be desired for me. Mm. Um it didn't look organized, you know, just just by the TV side. Like that first game, they almost missed the start of the game because they didn't time it up with TV. I was watching the scoreboard. They put several times points toward the wrong team that didn't get corrected. And then in the TV broadcast, it was like, I don't know who these guys are. Like, they don't give you a sense, nothing graphically, no nothing. Like, they don't give you an idea of who these guys are. It's like playing, like I, I said to you on Friday, it's like playing NCAA football 14 and it's QB5 being tackled by DL94. Mm. Um, you might as well just have generic people. I only know of one guy who was a track star at Texas a and I don't even know which guy that is. Mm. Um, it was a presentation that was lacking and then I was looking at the crowd and I like, it's not even sold out. And it's a and, and Cox Pavilion, is not big. Mm. And you know, they have like the standing room only like like bar seats in the front and the camera angles were junk. And so I just thought not worth it. That's hmm. that's my reasoning. I thought it was gonna be great. Just watching it on TV just didn't didn't really do it for me. There, there So I went to Trader Joe's instead. There we go. <laughs> there could
2: be a way to create that slam ball court, and I'm pretty sure back in the day it used to be outside. I don't Maybe. think it was in a closed arena that the point of this is you do this at nighttime outside mm-hmm. and you're walking by, you know, on the strip and you see that in one of the empty lots or something like that, you could get people to come in and watch it just because it's there. Mm-hmm. To to get them over to the Cox Pavilion might might be a tall task.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: cuz it's kind uh, of a novelty sport anyway, let's be honest. Of. Yeah, it is.
1: And and really the sport is what what the sport hypes is not a hundred percent of the sport. There's still jump shots. Um and honestly the first game was like a blowout. It was just awful to watch. Um, you know, there's there's hitting, there's you know, there there are fouls that are automatic two points in the ball. I'm like hmm. there, there's just there there are some things that just are, are not Great. That can be fixed, but not great. Um, speaking of Solomon, by the way, yeah. since you were uh, you're referencing your boy who uh, texted into us, I hear um, you and Solomon had uh, an experience on the rail. That's
2: right. Uh, some people go to the beach on Sundays. I went and rode the rail <laughs> with, with my boy Saul. Uh, Solomon works...
1: I'm sorry, we have to... I'm I'm sorry, we have to call it the correct name? You rode Skyline. Skyline. The most generic thing you could have called that. That's right. Anyway, sorry.
2: No, it's okay. Uh, Solomon actually works, um, for one of the the companies that's affiliated with the rail. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, he got me on the rail, actually, and we rode it all the way out west, and then turned around and rode it all the way back east. (laughs) And... It was actually more fun than I thought it was going to be. It was a good time. Um, I had previously mentioned on the show if I ever got to ride the rail, I would have brought a choice beverage or two onto the rail and just enjoyed myself. Okay. You can't bring anything on the rail. Oh. Yep. Wait, wait. Oh. Security will stop you. Yep. Oh, boy.
1: Yep, I know. You can't take a drink on the rail? You can't bring a drink on the rail. Okay, Can you bring a hydro flask? Uh,
2: Great question. Solomon, if you feel like calling in, give us a call. 808-296-1420. See, here's
1: why I'm thinking. There are a lot of people who go to work because that's what what, – I'm sorry. I shouldn't call it rail. That's what Skyline is for, for a lot of those people that are, you know, they're they're commuting to work for the limited area that Skyline actually covers right now. And a a lot of those people, they – you know, look. You know us. We have the convenience of a Seven Eleven downstairs. That's right. And it is just a money eater. Um, it's true. The more you go there every it's day, it's there. Yeah, but some people, they like taking a, a a a hydro flask with water. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes they do that because they track how much water they drink. They take that hydro flask. They have a a, a big bottle of water in there. And then they go fill up water at work, and then they do that. Or for
2: commuters, like. Myself for that one day, yeah. <laughs> I want coffee. Yeah, you know what I mean. If I'm commuting to work, yeah, and it's early in the morning, guaranteed I've got a cup of coffee in my hand. Yeah, like the, you do every day.
1: We well, get a cup of coffee and a, a bottle of water. That's right. Keep me awake. Keep me hydrated. Okay. Yeah, we need to know the answer to that because <laughs> I would I would think that that is got. If you can't take a hydro flask on skyline that is um that's that's ultra unnecessary yeah what are what are we trying to do are we trying to just ensure that we have less to clean is that is that what it is like i would love to know the explanation for that hmm yeah i I mean our, our do we do we tell people who go on the bus oh you can't take food or drink on the bus not having ridden on the bus, is there a rule that you can't take food or drink on the bus?
2: Nothing, there no, is, there's, there's no rules for on the bus for that.
1: Okay, so if we'd have no rules on the bus for food or drink, then why do we have rules on that for Skyline?
2: I don't know, because it's new, and they want to keep it nice as long as possible?
1: Um... The call-in number is Uh, 808-296-1420. Your your boy Saul's asking. I know, and I texted him. Um, Okay, good. Yeah. Um, Call in there because we need answers. Um, This is is our the more you know moment. This is our public service moment where we have an opportunity to uh, explain to the audience uh, what you can and can't do. And by the way, um, I have not ridden Skyline yet. I couldn't have last week. I was gone. Um thing is though, like for for you, I mean you got to go um oh you were apparently stop- you can't eat or drink on the bus. Oh really mm-hmm. I don't know if what Liz is saying is going over the air but it's, uh, she says apparently you can't eat or drink on the bus. Oh, I do or I have. <sighs> I'm glad I'm glad I'm learning now. The more you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> the that's right more you know. Uh and and you know it's not like we can say that's an unidentified individual who admits he eats and drinks on the bus is he, we we know who you are that's <laughs> uh i i did not again i haven't been on did you did you find that out on the internet is that where you got it
4: yeah i got it from the bus.org
1: oh it's on it's on the bus.org okay um see that's that's uh that that's good to know that uh, we have that information online. Uh, you can keep texting us, our number 808-296-1420. Uh, you can call us at 808-296-1420. Uh, you can ZEET us. can't say tweet anymore. Uh, at Josh on the Radio and at all around ATH underscore TV. is is uh, is is your guy he is? He's gonna call in? Okay, cool. Let's uh, I, I think we need to get the uh, the the lowdown.
2: We're going to call him.
1: Okay, cool. Yep. Um yeah, we need we need some answers to we this. We do. Um I I even if it, you know, the bus because apparently it's a rule. Um thanks to Liz for for looking that up. Thanks, Liz. Um cuz I, I, I didn't
2: know. Back whenever I did ride the bus, I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, apparently because now we know you eat and drink on it. How long ago was that, by the way? I mean, years. Okay, so so there's a um, we've we've the statute of time yeah. has has absolved you of that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, also, I was in college, right? So yeah. How? how can and you? I'm not
2: I'm not eating like a full on pl- plate lunch or anything like that. It's like a Skittles, Busa or something like okay. that.
1: So Solomon has uh, has called in here. Um, Solomon, can you help us with this? Can, are you allowed to take a hydro flask on Skyline?
6: Uh, as far as I know, yes. Uh, I I know that because I take mine on. <laughs> uh, yes. But,
2: um,
6: I I do know that like if you walk in with like uh, like a Wendy's cup or something like that, they're going to tell you to uh, you know like throw it away before you enter the station. Why? I think I think it has to do kind of with with, with what Hunter was saying, which is. Um, like they want to keep the new rail new, but also keep it clean. And because uh, every time there's a spill, I think they're worried about you spilling it. Uh, they have to call the cleaners, and they have to like like take it to the train yard. It's a whole process. So I think it's way way more of a deal than
0: most people actually
1: realize. I know what you're saying. You're 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 kind of putting it softly because hunters here, but you're saying hunters a messy eater, and we don't <laughs> want you know 15 different hunters. On the skyline, messing it up for the 150 people who don't eat as messy as Hunter.
6: Sure,
4: Notice, how I mean, sil- Notice how silent he was for a second.
6: <laughs> um, no, no, I mean Hunter's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty neat eater. Thank uh, you, but, but, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did perform uh,
2: the weight test on the uh, the handles. You saw that. That is true. He did. Uh, he did He did a couple pull-ups and chin-ups on the bars. Um, and,
6: uh, These uh, tests Hunter's have to be done. In, yeah, uh, in case anybody's wondering, Hunter
1: Hughes is, in fact, in shape. Uh,
6: <laughs> and is, in fact, <laughs> a athlete. <Yeah. laughs>
1: because you don't have to be in shape to be a golfer. Wow. Ask John Daly. That's yeah. true.
6: No. But you do have to
1: be in shape to be a quarterback, which he is one. So.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Saul. Thank
1: you. So, so I'm guessing because uh, you were able to do the weight test on the bars that there is clearly no security on these uh, on these skylines. Uh,
6: there is. Uh, it's just uh, I don't know. I think they're pretty pretty lax with it right now.
1: <sighs> we're given ideas, aren't we? Yep. This is this is this is probably yeah. something we, we should sh- probably we should probably veer off here. <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, hey, Saul, thank you for uh, thank you for listening and thank you for calling in and uh, helping straighten us out on that. Thanks, Saul. Yeah, yeah, I'll,
6: I'll keep calling
1: in, annoying Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the part, annoying Hunter. Uh, that's uh, that's the main thing. Thanks for calling in. Uh, all right, so we've we've gotten it down. You can take your hydro flask, just. Uh, I I I guess. I guess it's
2: open food. Open well, food, open drink. Yeah,
1: I guess so if you're gonna you know, take your uh, breakfast, make sure it's in one of those um rubber made containers and uh put it in your bag. Mm. Um hide it in your bag. What was I wasn't gonna say I I was gonna say something else. I can't remember the name of the uh the containers, like those those glass ones. Oh okay. yep. Uh talking like uh Tupperware? Not Tupperware, but um, I forget it. I can't can't remember the name of it. So, yeah, have it in a bag. Um, And I guess even let's let's not talk about breaking rules. Just put your drink in the Hydro Flask. That's all. That's all. Uh, (laughs) Texter from the 781 um, says, uh, yes, who will clean it? You guessed right, Josh. No food or drink allowed in Boston public transit for that reason. Not enforced that much, though. Then what's the point? If you're not going to enforce it, yep. why have the rule? Like Hunter. You're not going to enforce eating or drinking, but Hunter's going to eat his musubi. Yep. Why have the rule? Uh, texter reminds us it's Pyrex. That's, Pyrex. that's what I meant. Thank you, uh, Texter from the 223. It's, it's only that. All of my containers at home are Pyrex. So how I forgot it's Pyrex when it says it on the lid. Yeah. Questionable. Uh, Let's get traffic in here. It's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, there are a couple of teams that are apparently – Trying to gauge interest in Shohei Otani. The continued debate on whether Shohei Otani uh, should be traded or not as we get close to the trade deadline. Uh, that's coming up here in uh, just a little bit. Uh, apparently, this whole come get something is, uh, is is making a move. Thank you, Keith Zuniga. Um, he's uh, pushed this forward. Text her from the 497. Volleyball block. Oh, this is how we can use it on the radio is, is what they're doing. Text her from the 497. Volleyball block, especially a triple block or basketball block shot. Come and get some. Nice. Uh, on the volleyball side, I will uh, reference that Tiff Wells. Uh, he has his taglines and such for volleyball that I try uh, to make sure nobody emulates. But, um, yeah, that will be up to him. For basketball the only way you could use it is if the ball goes out of bounds Mm. and it's like blocked into the second row. If it's like one of those, like, eh, kind of slapped it out of bounds. You can't really use it. It doesn't have the same oomph, but if it's, um, if it's like a Dikembe Mutombo block with the finger wag, then yeah, I think we could, uh, I, I think we could do that. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Uh, earlier, we talked about this, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, this conversation around Team USA women's soccer. And it started, we had a text earlier um, complaining about how members of Team USA were not singing the national anthem. Yep. Texter are from the 478. The women's soccer team has a history that they need to overcome they have established in the past okay they need to overcome to who to you to i i don't know i mean who 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 do they have to answer to because i love this whole thing about oh but you know they did this in the past and oh um you know <sighs> I I I I don't I don't know. It's just it's everybody thinks they have to answer to something, but no one can say who they have to answer to. Mm. And and that to me is who's the committee? Right, right. Who's I they? I don't hear anybody USA Soccer saying you know condemning them.
2: Nope.
1: Um and and technically those are the people they're supposed to answer to. And if they're not seeing a problem, then uh, you know why should we? Let's get John in here. John, I've got about uh, 45 seconds. Go ahead.
3: Okay, about come get some since I'm a baseball guy. My most exciting play is uh, when my team throws a guy out at home from the outfield. And not if it's a close play. It's like when you have him up by like five feet. Hmm. Uh, Or gunning a guy down at second base or stealing a home run from somebody. So those are the kind of plays where – but actually, I like it when my guy throws a guy out at home better than the only thing that's more exciting is hitting a home run. But for gunning a guy out at home plate, I just I love it. So I'll that would assist. be my comment.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Hey, John, thank yep. you for calling yep. in. I, I if I had to rank those, um, I think robbing someone of a home run probably ranks a little higher on the come get some totem pole. There has to be a denied. Something was denied like that. Yeah. You know, a, a, a catcher, you know, throwing out somebody at second base. Yep, That would probably fall third on my list to someone being thrown out at home. Come get some. Yeah. See, those are areas where they could work. I'll, I'll see if I can uh, strike them out, throw them out, throw it into the uh, play-by-play vernacular. Mm. Uh, Sports center traffic on the way. How can you uh, not throw the red hot chili peppers in here?
2: Just the baseline by itself at the beginning, yeah. made me almost feel like we were going to enter a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> That's what you got out of that? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Just for
2: a brief second, and then I realized what we were listening to.
1: Sorry, I. That's okay. When I think of Seinfeld, I forget about, I, I forget about the music to Seinfeld. I just think about uh, Kramer. Sure,
2: but they all intro with that. Right. I,
1: I don't know how that um I just let that get past. Um although I I should mention because I saw this earlier today uh when I was um uh, doing my my other stuff. Today is the birthday of Cosmo Kramer. No way. Yeah, Michael Richards is 74 today.
2: By the way, none of this was scripted for no. people who are wondering. No. No, this is
1: completely off the cuff. I'm out there, the Jerry, and loving every minute of it. Yep. Cosmo Kramer. Um, gosh, that show. You want these clubs? I don't want them. <laughs> I stink. <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> every once in a while, because Seinfeld was more when like, I was a, just a tiny kid. Sure. Um, I will see a rerun come on. And I'm not big on watching comedy reruns. Um because I'm looking for something new that's on. Sure. So every once in a while, I'll, I'll see a Seinfeld rerun, and I will stop for a little while and, um, you know, watch for about five minutes or so. I guess you could say I – because of my age, I don't have a full appreciation for Seinfeld mm. as compared to maybe uh, a modern family.
2: Sure. Or for me, The Office. Yes. Yeah. Um. Seinfeld was always my dad's show. Mm -hmm. And so he would have it on and there would be funny moments, but I didn't know the show to the level that he did. It was more of a nostalgic thing that I'm like, oh, my dad would probably think this is really funny.
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, you and I, I think kind of like the same kind of comedy where Seinfeld is more along the lines of, um, you know the multi-camera—I forget what they called this because I saw a documentary on this. The multi-camera in-studio audience comedy, hmm. um, and and I think there was a point where they were saying up to where Big Bang Theory came on, they were saying that like the multi-camera studio audience comedy was dying. Yeah, and then because you know, The Office was was on before that. Um, and then you had like the animated cartoons, you know, uh, The Simpsons continues, but you were starting to see the other ones like American Dad and stuff like that. Yeah. And then Big Bang and Theory. And Family came, Guy. Yeah. And then Big Bang Theory came along as a multi camera studio audience comedy and just crushed it. Yep. It was awesome. Um, but you don't really have a lot of that now. And, and yeah, I am more of the, um, what seems more like the real life, no audience in the background. Like, you, you like The Office. Uh, one of my favorites recently has been Abbott Elementary. Oh, okay. Um, that show is so fun. It has kind of the Office vibe because it looks like you you, know, you have a camera person going uh, behind the scenes of the teachers in the school mm-hmm. there in Philadelphia. Um, and one underrated one, American Auto. Really? If you have a chance on a gas tire from Saturday Night Live... Is uh, the main character in that show? Basically, she is the general manager of this flailing car company, and it doesn't have um, office vibes because it didn't have, doesn't have the interview part in it. Okay, but it's kind of like you know, again, non um, non studio audience weekly comedy, and pretty funny. That that, that one's on NBC. Now you're not going to have a lot of these because. The actors are on strike, yeah. So it's gonna be a while toward uh, till we have more of these shows. But um, yeah, I don't think. I guess our generation, I don't think our generation, has as much appreciation for the multi-camera in studio audience comedy. And I'll give you one more example of that. So you appreciate Seinfeld. My parents, when I when I was really young. My parents loved home improvement. Yep. Remember that? Tim totally. the toolman Taylor. Yep. Richard Carn, who's now basically the uh um, as seen on TV guy. Yeah, the salesman, right? Yeah. Yep. Um what he what, what did I just see him on TV for last week? That hose that doesn't that doesn't crink up. Yep. Um, where it's just it basically once it fills with water, then it just kind of Totally. Yeah. He's that and guy. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was in that. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, the three boys. My parents loved that show. Yep. I hated that show. Yeah. Couldn't stand it. Uh, so I was in the other room, just kind of like on video games. I just couldn't stand Home Improvement. But that's us, you know, in our in our generation. I think appreciating more of what feels real. I yep. guess if that, if there's a better way to put it, uh, it is off the bench. Um, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, comedy. How we got here? And, yeah. Oh yeah, because you referenced Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of comedy, the Angels—how bad they have been with how good of what they have yep. on their roster—is comical um, or and, pathetic. It, that too, and you know the the lingering question here is: What do the Angels do with? Shohei Ohtani. Now, trade deadline is August 1st, so we are a week away from figuring out what's going to happen. Uh, JP Barosi from MLB Network has this uh, tweet. No, excuse me, ZEAT.
2: Because it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. Are we going to have to put up a new tally in, My, our, in our in-studio little monitor? Every time on-
1: we call it Twitter,
2: yeah, or every time we call the Washington Commanders the Washington Redskins. or
1: well, well, the tally we have is for the Oakland Raiders. Every time we call it Oakland, yep. um, we'd have the count. That's why uh, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman are way ahead of the pack yep. with four. Um, I guarantee you if we put a count on how many times um, people said Twitter instead of X, Gary Dickman would have about five a show. Um, <laughs> he'd be leading the leaderboard every day. Guarantee you. Pad those stats, Gary. Yes. Yeah. Because, honestly, there's no punishment. So just have fun while you can. Um, JP Morosi on X said, according to sources, Orioles D-backs among teams inquiring with the Angels about Shohei Otani's trade availability. Both clubs' interest has been described as due diligence. Both teams have the young talent base conducive to making a trade. But he continues... Sources say the Angels' internal discussions about a buy-sell decision remain ongoing. Team officials are likely to wait until after the upcoming Tigers and Blue Jays series before determining if they're willing to move Otani. And this is also relevant because uh, you you were telling me earlier today that people are starting to get a little sentimental about Shohei Otani's potentially last home run hit at Angel Stadium. Yep. And um, whether they have seen the last one. I, uh, I I would like to see the angels continue to contend and it's not like they're out of it. No, that's the hard thing about this is that, you know, why they're going to, it sounds like they're going to wait until the very last moment to figure this out. Because if they're talking about waiting until the, you know, the tigers and the blue Jays series then they are talking about going right up to the deadline, um, They're eight back of the division behind Texas and Houston. So I'm throwing them out of the division race. But in the wild card, they are four back of the final wild card spot. Uh, Considering who's there, Boston um, and the New York Yankees are above them. Both are tied for last place in the the AL East. The Yankees still don't have Aaron Judge. They can't hit um boston's been mad, but above five hundred both of those teams are six games above five hundred um
2: which means that the angels are below five hundred.
1: No, the Angels are two above 500. Okay, right, right on that bubble then, okay. Seattle's right behind them at 50 and 50. And, and by the way, Colton Wong had a big moment, a home run against the team that drafted him. No way. Uh, the Minnesota Twins. Good for it's him. It's been a tough year for Colton Wong. But four back with, now they've played 100 games, four back with 62 games to go. A lot of time. But I guess this comes down to, and maybe I see it differently, what's the confidence that you can make up four games and then some to get one of those three wild card spots,
4: hmm.
2: I don't
1: know. And how stubborn is Artie Marino? That might be the better question because I don't. I think they can make up ground. I think you can gain four spots in in sixty two games. Toronto's, Toronto, Houston, Tampa Bay are the three teams um, you know that have the wild card spots right now. Um, Boston and New York. Now's the time to gain ground as as long as Judge is out. Um, Boston's kind of a you know, I don't know what you're gonna get out of Boston uh, when you watch them. But yeah, how how stubborn is Artie Moreno? I can understand not wanting to trade him. You go from big crowds at Angel Stadium to maybe crowds twice of what you might get at the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. Which I'm and I know is not called Oakland Coliseum anymore. I'm just being lazy. Um it's it's such a business decision too not just a wins and losses decision it's truly a business decision
2: what do you think would be their deciding factor here what what left on the decision side of things josh would keep the angels from making a making a move or trying to keep him here or is it simply on the um the strategy side of things of waiting for what other teams offer and then trying to beat it.
1: Um, I mean, I think you, I I think if you are thinking about trading him, I don't think you do it like five days before the deadline. Um, you know, that to me sends a bad message. I think you want to give this a chance. And I do agree. If that is indeed the angel strategy to wait through these two series and take this up right to the deadline, I think that sends the message that you are truly thinking about, whether you are you know you you think you can contend or not. And I, I'd go one step further in that by saying you also you you can't just be in the middle. you can't be Switzerland. You need to determine. I got to look like Switzerland. What are you talking about? It's a U.N. thing. It is. I was in in model United Nations when I was in high school, and we always learned Switzerland is neutral. You can't get Switzerland to do one thing or the other.
2: Also, can you blame them? They're in the middle, literally, geographically from everything.
1: I was also – I represented the United States, and I got kicked out of the Security Council. Um, Um, I was terrible at my job. Anyway – Did you um, also
2: not sing for the National Anthem? (laughs)
1: They Sorry to go there. They didn't play the national anthem in model United Nations. <laughs> um, if you're gonna keep Otani, then you need to buy here in the next six days. Yep. You can't. You can't just say, "Oh, we're gonna keep him." That's what and, I'm. Th- and then do nothing.
2: That's what I'm saying. Is mm-hmm. their indecision right here is kind of telling where their mind is at. There feels like they're kind of just. Um, Passively waiting by, hoping that maybe they could earn a game in the wild card race right now. And, you know, hopefully with 55, 56 games left in the wild card, I mean, in the, the regular season, three games to make up is easier than four or something mm-hmm. like that to kind of see where they're at to evaluate. But you, to me, I think Otani has proved his worth to this team. No doubt, that you do whatever you can to keep him. It 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 would be, I, I don't know if suicide's the right word, Josh, but you know it it would be so not in their interest to let him go.
1: You'd be dooming yourself. You'd be dooming yourself. Absolutely. Um, this is you make a great point uh, on this, and and let's continue this when we come back because this is the short term play the short-term play leads to the long-term play, which I think you're hitting on. Let's do that coming up after traffic. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Another traffic update is up in about six minutes. Sports is on the way as well. Uh, we were talking about Shohei Otani and whether, as we come up to the trade deadline on August first, what's the uh, the situation we may most likely see? Um, we were talking about short term play and long term play, right? Shohei's been asked about whether he wants to be in LA after this year. You know, and all sorts of destinations have come up. Uh, if you want to ensure that he is in LA next year, a you're not trading him. But B, like kind of what I was talking about earlier, you can't just sit and do nothing. I mean, if you want a chance to not lose him, you have to make some big pushes here over the next couple of days. And every day you don't do anything is a day in which Shohei Otani slips farther and farther away from you um, in, in November, December, January. Hmm. Like, this, this should be a time where the Angels, if they want to buy, if they want to contend, we need to have a move almost like every other day. Yeah. We're acquiring pitching. We're acro- uh, acquiring a catcher. We're acquiring a relief pitcher. Like, you've got to be making some moves now. Why are you sitting?
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Unless yeah i'm I'm with you man it's it's kind of puzzling because the inaction is speaking kind of loudly here of don't you want one of the greatest generational talents to come through the majors to still be on your team right and retain crazy international viewing crazy international sponsors yeah um basically you're you are Harnessing World Baseball Classic eyeballs, yeah, every home game. Why wouldn't you want to keep that, right? And if you have it within your power to do so, even if it, you know, you guys aren't able to. To me, if you're only four games back of the wild card right now, the season is not a wash. Four is different than seven, eight, or nine. That's right. So that that's a. A losing streak from one of those teams, and you putting
1: three or four ball games together, and you're right in it. I will say, um, I love the idea of the Orioles and the Diamondbacks trying to put their names in the uh, uh, in the mix. Now, I, I kind of liken this to Tampa Bay a little bit. I think I told you a couple of weeks ago. I would love to see Tampa Bay make a run because Tampa Bay doesn't spend any money. They are notoriously frugal, and if you wanted to um, – if, if you wanted to open that window um, even for just two months to win a championship, this is the time to do it. You've got a farm system you can offload. You've got so much – I mean you don't have to pay a lot because he's still cheap, um, so you're not really breaking the bank – and he probably makes you the favorite to win it all if you sacrifice for 2 months to bring him in and I, I equate that a little bit with baltimore and arizona arizona may not be in this situation again yeah in a division where the dodgers dominate the diamondbacks right now are the wild card leader yep the giants are tied for the third spot in the nl wild card Um, This is the equivalent
2: of Pete Davidson sliding into Kim Kardashian's DMs when Kanye can't get his stuff figured out. And it worked. Trying to put that side by side with this. There's no reality where the Diamondbacks (laughs) or the Orioles should ever be able to get Shohei Ohtani. The only reason that they're in this situation is
1: because the Angels can't figure their stuff out. Sorry, I love I love my pop culture references, but I was struggling a little bit with Pete Davidson to Kim Kardashian. No. Liz uh, knew that one. Liz knew that one. Uh, yep. She it's reluctantly okay. said yes. She, yeah. she knew that one. Yep. In um,
2: in pop culture references, that one was kind of low-hanging fruit. Uh, but um it needed
1: to. We needed to go there. It may have been low hanging fruit for you, but it was ten feet above my head. Yeah, that's okay. Um, that's okay. That's why I'm here. I appreciate that. Yep. The the Orioles are the other one. Um, you know, this is that one year. I know you were really excited for Adley Rushman in the Home Run Derby. The Orioles are actually interesting. This is rare. Um, they are the wild card leader. Uh, they are also actually they are the division leader. In the AL East. I'm sorry. I need to give the Orioles credit where credit is due. Um, they may not be here next year. So why not? You know, I love that Otani right now is so cheap that teams like or the Orioles and the Diamondbacks could legitimately have a shot. It's true. And you know what would be even better? I'd love to see the Orioles or the Rays get him just to stick it to the Yankees. That's right who were tied for last place in the AL East, that'd be so fun. You know, like everybody says, oh, the Yankees are going to get Otani. Well, watch the Yankees have to play against him against another team in their division. Yeah,
2: and then the Orioles dominate the AL East for like the next six years. Yeah. That well, would be nuts.
1: That's the thing, though. You can make a trade for him now. Doesn't guarantee you have him next year. Mm. And that's, that's the big part. That all these teams like Baltimore, even Tampa and Arizona.
2: And Baltimore's good.
1: They're atop the AL East right now. It's amazing. Uh, don't forget the Craig Angeles show. It's at Velocity in Honolulu and it comes your way August first. It's brought to you by the JN Group and H Camp, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Traffic Sports Center on the way. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. We were talking about the Angels and Shohei Otani last couple of segments. And a text from the 292 says, uh, Shohei is not going to re-sign with the Angels. They're not even close to a World Series. They should trade him. Also says, Angels have so many needs to get to the World Series. Um. Yeah, they have so many needs, but you know what? If you don't try to address them, you'll never have a chance to get to the World Series. Like, Are they a long shot? Probably, but at least give yourself a chance to get there. For your fan
2: base, you owe it to them to at least show that you tried.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the Angels, frankly, have been too mediocre for too long. Like, it's it's felt like there's been zero effort injuries sure i think we you know we can't get mad for injuries cuz they happen sure but you don't have trout out right now yep you don't have otani out right now go find yourself a starting pitcher go find yourself another bat communicate to shohei
2: that you are trying to win right mm-hmm. now and and so keep him here yep Communicate that by your moves. Because I'm
1: pretty sure in a perfect world, he'd love to stay there. Yeah, why not? What's
2: what's wrong with L.A.? They gave him his shot. Right. They were the first team to give him a shot at the
1: majors. Why wouldn't he want to stay there? Right. But sometimes just being in L.A. only takes you so far. And, And I think Artie Moreno may learn that the hard way. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN, Honolulu. Our M. Dire Global scoreboard is coming up in just a little bit. Uh, you've been watching that quarterbacks show on yeah. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have Netflix, and uh, you know they, they uh, very much frown on people sharing passwords. So, cracking uh, down. Yeah, so I, I'm shut out from that. But you've been watching. Yeah. Uh, how's, how's that been? It's been good. Honestly, I
2: love the the style uh, better than Hard Knocks. Okay. Hard Knocks is pretty repeated. Now, granted, they are kind of bound to the time frame of it where they're focused on training camp and they're focused on rookies getting a chance on an NFL roster and all that stuff. Where quarterback uh, dives into the lives of three different NFL quarterbacks and kind of goes with them through the whole season. So... It's uh, it's kind of cool to go back and remember what happened for each of these guys, each of these guys' teams throughout the year. I forgot that the Vikings mounted the greatest comeback in NFL history last That's year. That's right. Um, and they, they showed that because Kirk Cousins, obviously, is their quarterback. The Vikings are such an easy
1: team to forget. Totally. Looking at you, Scott Robs.
2: Yeah. He's and a Vikings fan. Especially because... Josh and I root for two other teams in the NFC North. Yeah, it's
1: just Scott. I just love to rib Scott. That's all.
2: There we go. Anyway, sorry. Um, No, it's okay. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm only through episode six at this point, Uh but it was interesting because two out of the three make it to the playoffs. And they kind of conveniently wrote Marcus out of the show. Mm Mm-hmm the minute that the Atlanta Falcons decided to bench him for Desmond Ritter. And that part of the series was, they they tried to kind of band-aid over it with the fact that him and his wife just had a baby around the same time. Um, it was unfortunate with the way that the show was written, and it's not the show's fault, it's just what happens. Sometimes yeah. QBs do get benched. But then there's nothing left to show of Marcus, right? So that that to me was like, oh, that's a bummer.
1: How many episodes have they done?
2: Um, uh, there's eight. Okay, in, so you're two this, back then. That's right. From okay. from finishing it.
1: Um, got this text on on the show, and maybe you can you can help out with this. This is uh, from the I just totally lost it. Um, oh, here, text her from the four nine seven uh, Netflix episode five. Mariota disappears from Atlanta. They found him in Vegas a month later. His answer, needed surgery to repair meniscus. Coach's answer, tight-lipped. Marcus decided to leave. Strange! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. You watched it. Yeah. Uh, did it appear that way to you? I didn't feel that way. I don't. It
2: felt almost like the questioning from the show towards the coach was geared towards that. Almost like maybe churning up some drama there. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that is at all. They, they grabbed Desmond Ritter in the first round of the draft last year. Um, Marcus knew, I think, I don't want to put words in his mouth or anything like that, but you take that job knowing that you've got an air incumbent, literally just learning the ropes from you as kind of this quote unquote veteran in the league. You're warming the spot for whenever they eventually go over to him. And, you would hope that that would last an entire season. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't. They made the move with four games remaining. And some would say, you know, stick it out with your team, this or that. I think it was just a, a thing of, you know, he was a little dinged up and decided to go get surgery at that time. So I don't I don't fault him in that. You got to do what's best for you as an athlete at that time. And they made it clear they weren't going to use him any longer. So,
1: so- – Um, News on the show is that Peyton Manning, I think, was on with Pat McAfee today. Oh, cool. And he confirmed that there's going to be a second season of this show. Obviously, this is going to follow the 2023 season. So, knowing what we know right now, give me three quarterbacks you would want Omaha Productions, Mm -hmm. which is Peyton Manning's company, uh, Omaha Productions to follow for a year. If they're going to go off of a
2: similar model to the first Season of quarterback. You've got kind of your A-lister at the beginning. Where I would say like the top five QBs in the league would be in that A-list. So like Mahomes. Mahomes was that. So to fill that category, I want either Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. Okay. I think I want either of those two guys. Um, the second tier would be kind of like NFL vet, which they got Kirk Cousins to fill. Um, a few guys come to mind for that. I think of like a Derek Carr, or maybe a Dak Prescott. Um, I'd even put Lamar right there. Okay. In that almost veteran veteran role. And then the third one is guy fighting to hold the roster spot or hold a, Sparty, a, a starting job in the NFL. So that third one, maybe that's a Tannehill. mm Okay. Uh, Maybe that's... Ooh! Maybe that's Purdy. Ah, okay. Now, Purdy would be super interesting because you might get a three for one there. Yeah, that's true. You know, now that that might be a little bit off script from what they're trying to accomplish because they didn't do any interviews with Desmond Ritter whenever Marcus was written off the show. So... I don't know if they're going with, with uh, you know, something like that. Um, you, you could also go with, like, a younger guy on the up-and-up, like a Trevor Lawrence. Or a Justin Herbert. Or a Herbert. Um, or a Justin Fields in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see, and I guess they peppered it a little bit with Marcus's ability as, as a runner, to really show three different styles of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes is Mahomes, but if you if you had Joe Burrow, you had Lamar Jackson, and then you had Tannehill, like those are three very very different styles of quarterback, right there. For sure, um,
1: that would be interesting to me. Okay, um, you can share with us yours. Uh, what three quarterbacks did you want to see on? Quarterback on Netflix for season number two. You can text us at 808-296-1420. You can call us there as well. Um, my three... Um, I I definitely want to see Burrow. Yep. I think he's got the most pressure on him of any quarterback. Well, no. Second most pressure behind Josh Allen. Um, you know, Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Yep. Josh Allen hasn't. Uh, and I think there's pressure on... We've talked about this before. I think Allen has pressure on him to get there.
3: Hmm.
1: Otherwise, um, you know, their window's closing. So I think I would put him there. Um, My cousin's-like quarterback, the veteran, Russell Wilson. I knew that reaction. Here's why. I want to see what the life of a poser is like.
2: Oof and and how deep it
1: goes. Yes. Yeah. I and and you know, last year it seemed like the locker room was was kind of turning against him quite a bit. Yeah. So, I I would love to see how that looks under a new coach. I would love to see how that looks off the field. No,
2: and th- that part of this series is interesting. You know, the deep dive on Mahomes, not throwing any shade at him as a player. He's a kid. The, yeah. The way that he reacts to things, the way that he he's used to things going his way. Mm. The minute it doesn't, he pitches a fit. <laughs> you <laughs> like watch the, the series. Like whole injury thing, right? Totally. Um even just like he'll have a party at his house or something like that and the way that he like is talking with his buddies. It's me 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 me. And then you go over to Kirk Cousins, okay? Kirk Cousins and the Vikings mounted the greatest comeback in NFL history this year against um, – I'm blanking on it. I watched it earlier today. Stupid. Anyway, um, the first thing he does after that is go and get his son so that his son can experience the win with the team in the locker room. And his son is like six years old. It's just – it's cool. Like it's just a different – Thought process. Does that make sense, Josh? Like his, oh, it was the Colts, by the way. The Colts, thank you. It it You see a different uh, mindset there. Yeah. Um, and a different priority on how you're living your life. And I'm not throwing shade at one or the other. It's just the contrast is seen. Mm-hmm. You would certainly see that with Russ.
1: My third, uh, I've been kind of going back and forth on this because part of me would – Part of me wants to say Trey Lance, mm. and, and in fact, I'll I'll just put it down. Trey Lance is my third, as a backup for right now. Yeah, wow. I mean, he still has an opportunity to be a starter. Um, you know, if Brock Purdy's not entirely healthy, and if he finds a way to you know convince the Niners that he's good enough to start, um, but if he's not, we could be talking about a quarterback who's traded. And I look at Mariota. In his role as the guy with the most to lose, hmm. I look at Trey Lance as one of the guys with the most to lose. What about Tua? Um, that's not bad. I Tua's kind of—I don't know that Tua would ever agree to it. Hmm. And I think after the whole concussion thing last year, I think they'd be kind of very hesitant.
2: Yeah, to do it. Yeah, like a deep dive on him or anything like that yeah i
1: i think i i think he would find a way to say no to it because i i have a feeling they have to agree to it especially if it's going to go within their households and stuff but he has been such a private person his family's very private um he doesn't endorse a lot of things so i kind of get the vibe that um he wouldn't want that like it's not a distraction you know shows like that and hard knock should not be distractions ryan clark said it best um, but I think he might view it as that.
2: It's also pretty fortunate this last year that they pick Mahomes, and then they go on and win the
1: Super Bowl. Right. Oh, I know what I was gonna ask you. When you mentioned Mahomes, um, did watching any of that, especially that that whole like me 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 stuff, yeah, um, has any of what you've seen so far changed your view of any of those quarterbacks?
2: I appreciate Kirk Cousins way more than I did, way more. He's incredibly smart. Mm -hmm. Um, The effort, um, almost like to a crazy level, like he really treats it like um, a consummate professional, like crazy work ethic and then vice versa. I'm not saying Mahomes doesn't have a work ethic because they do show him watching film, but it's definitely more just it's innate with him. He doesn't have to try as hard. It's just, flowing right um so the the difference there i i have a much greater appreciation for cousins and he's older and the, like the the he had rib injuries all throughout this this season and if you've ever had a rib injury you can't breathe it's really hard to move around let alone throw a football so i i have a lot of appreciation for him now
1: texter from the 208 his three quarterbacks or her three quarterbacks i don't know who who this texter is Dak, Dak Prescott. Yep. Uh, Carr, Derek's now in New Orleans. Garoppolo. Interesting. Who's in uh, Las Vegas. And, of course, the news on him over the weekend, uh, that foot injury, apparently he's been cleared he won't be on the pup list, and he should be good to go as the week one starter uh, for the Raiders of Las Vegas. I I could see that. Garoppolo, I think, just seems like kind of a cool guy. Yeah. That I think you would kind of want to follow him around. Um Car in a new place. Yeah. Man, Dak is... I I would want to follow Dak just because of the pressure that surrounds being the QB1 at Dallas. Yeah. That's a good list of three. Uh, Final thoughts uh, coming up here in a moment. First, our M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Watching the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup right now, uh, Colombia's got a 2-0 lead on South Korea. They're in the 80th minute. That's uh, the uh, pool play. They're in Group H uh, right now. Team USA will play on Wednesday against the Netherlands. Major League Baseball, Arizona's got a 6-5 lead on the St. Louis Cardinals, top of the eighth inning. Toronto and the Los Angeles Dodgers tied at two, top of the sixth inning. And uh, it was depressing today in Detroit. Giants playing a makeup game against the Detroit Tigers, losing 5-1. to one. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. We'll put a wrap on this next on ESPN Honolulu. Final words uh, coming up in a few. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. We'll be on tomorrow after Yankees and Mets. So, uh, right around four ish uh, tomorrow and Wednesday uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. A couple of texts. We were talking about comedies earlier because you made the Seinfeld reference. Yeah. uh, Played a higher ground from, uh, from Red Hot Chili Peppers. And we were talking about comedies. And uh, the lack of appreciation from from our generation about the, you know, in-studio audience sitcoms as compared to the modern families and the like. Uh, Text from the 348. For funny shows, how about Monk or Psych?
2: Mm. Didn't watch
1: either of those. I never really considered Monk a comedy because that's the one – I mean, Monk's a detective. Yep. Um, kind of of a drama too, right? Kind of, yeah. He's, he's he's also kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Um, I've never watched Psych, but I think – I'm looking here. Um, Psych used to be on USA. They technically call that a mystery drama.
2: Hmm.
1: Although I, I know that there's com- – I think I've – actually I have seen Psych. Um like an episode or two, not like an entire episode. I, I don't know if I'd consider that a full-blown comedy. Um, plus, by definition, maybe this is wrong of me. By definition, comedies are not any longer than 30 minutes. Hmm. On TV? In general, yeah. Okay. In TV, streaming, whatever. I don't, I don't think comedy should go any longer. Then it gets too stale. What about like an hour-long stand-up special? Now that's different. Okay. That's different. Like a scripted comedy, yeah. shouldn't go more than
2: 30 hours. Gotcha, a stand-up okay. special,
1: yeah, give me all that. If, yep. if the guy's funny, you can give me two hours of that stuff.
2: Absolutely. And it's hot. Yeah. Like, the, the crowd's going nuts. Give I me a Dave it.
1: Chappelle special. Um, yeah. Bill Burr. Yes, yes. Give me all that. Uh, a couple of texts here. Um, we were talking earlier about Team USA and women's soccer. Um, there are There is chatter from people that – for whatever reason, people aren't happy that some of the players on the team um, weren't singing during the national anthem. Yeah. Um, texter from the four six nine who got into the show late, and I apologize. We, we, we had to get other stuff in, so we didn't get his text in when he sent it earlier, and wanted to talk about Paul's take. Um, texter says, "Context. I'm a veteran." Having worn the cloth of our nation or having served as a DOD civilian for 40 of my 57 years, uh, while I may wish that all Americans would properly, in my opinion, stand reverently during our national anthem, I understand there are those who may not feel the same zeal, loyalty, dedication, and sense of debt for having the fortune to be a citizen of our great nation. Truth be told, it breaks my heart to observe what is, in my opinion, a breakdown of respect— For our country and traditional values such as standing for the national anthem or the passing of our national flag with one's hand over one's heart. This said, according to the texter, I swore to give my life in defense of even those whose opinions which with I completely disagree, even those who choose not to stand or sing. To me, that is what freedom, freedom of speech in this case, is all about. Comparing the players from repressive regimes who stand in at attention and sing as automatons to our players is comparing apples and footballs. Consider that those from repressive regimes who do not stand and sing, they or their families, could perhaps likely face punishment. Uh, I'm sure that's not where I want our nation to be. Pretty thoughtful. Phenomenal text. And thank you for your service, by the way. Yep. Um, not a great transition, but final words. Hunter, you're first.
2: Wow. Yeah, I'm thinking about that text a little bit more because we don't always see what's going on behind Woodcraft closed doors. Um, what's going on behind closed doors for some of those other nations? You know, maybe they're they're forced to sing along to their national anthem. You, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to talk golf. Just, ah, yes. Um, open championship, one of the few times I will wake up early to watch the final round. I watched pretty much the majority of it yesterday and – Harmon hung tough. He did. Like a killer. Um, very, very impressive. And in a power era of golf, it was refreshing to see a, preci- a precision-driven player um, excel. Also, uh, an up-and-coming guy named Akshay Bhatia mm-hmm. won the yep. uh, Barracuda Championship. Uh, we'll see him at the Masters next year because of that. Um, very, very cool.
1: My final words, I have two. Wiggle. Wiggle. Brian Harmon. Yep. What did they count? Like Waggle. They oh waggle. Waggle. Um they miscounted him. In one shot he had like fifteen waggles before a he shot. That's a lot. And uh two X. What are we wasting here on the old Twitter? We'll see you tomorrow after Yankees Mets.